0: Hey, thanks for joining us today on Stories I did Get to Tell last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Journey Fellowship Church's weekly podcast, and we're going to tell some stories today. Joining me in studio here is Ryan Rodo, and we're going to tell some fun stories today, Ryan. So now, full disclosure, Ryan is married to my daughter, Christian. So he's my son-in-law, and he's also the father of my beautiful granddaughter, Evangeline. So, you know, (laughs) let me just put that out there right ahead. Uh, So Ryan, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah.
1: For sure, glad to yeah. be here.
0: Glad, glad to have you aboard. Today we're going to talk about money. Yep. We're going to talk about the, the economy. We're going to talk about uh, investments, uh, yep. retirement. But I also want to talk a little bit about your Facebook page, uh, <laughs> where you post some incredibly great and um, uh, debate-invoking questions, and you call it Hard Truth Tuesday. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, for sure. So tell me about the idea behind <laughs> Hard Truth Tuesday. How did you come up with that idea?
2: So... Um, it started as I wanted to create a Facebook page and just post random truths. Yeah. Um, and they were intended to be hard truths. Yeah. And then once kind of the world went a little crazy. Yeah. And there's enough negativity <laughs> kind of in the world and argument yeah. and keyboard warriors and all the fun things. Yeah. Um, I just thought it'd be funny for people to argue and just kind of take, take a step back from the seriousness of life and yeah. argue about things yeah. like – Chicken andouille gumbo is better than seafood gumbo.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and just let people kind of go That's <laughs> one of my favorite ones there.
0: Now, before we get too deep into it, how can people find you and your Hard Truth Tuesday on social media? Where are you? Yeah,
2: so it's on my personal page. Okay. Uh, just Ryan Roto, R-H-O-T-O. All right. Um, but probably either sooner or later at the beginning of the year, yeah. I'm going to make it an official Facebook page
1: Oh,
0: oh it's because on. It's, nice.
2: it started just as kind of this funny, I'm just doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, and I still am,
0: Yeah.
2: but people are kind of taking a liking to it. So I was like, let me get it off of my personal, but page right now it's on your personal page. Right now it's on my personal
0: page. Ryan wrote on Facebook. Yeah. So tell us some of your favorite ones, man. What are the ones that have created the most controversy or conversations? Our...
2: One that shocked me the most is, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't expect it all. Uh-huh. Um, at all, I should say, yeah. was um, soft bacon's better than crispy bacon.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah.
2: I, I just, I enjoyed chewy bacon, yeah. and it got like 100 comments, So and I did not expect that.
0: You'll take a an everyday uh, product or service yeah. and compare it to another one and say which one is best. And then yeah. people pick the one they like best. So For sure. <laughs> I love bacon, man. And sometimes when I go to Cracker Barrel, I'll say, hey, can I get my bacon soft? Yeah. And they always frown at me like, oh, I don't know if we should do that. It's like, I just don't like hard, burnt bacon, you know?
2: The only time I think bacon should be crispy is on a sandwich. Yeah. It's like a BLT yeah. or on a burger. I agree. Yeah.
0: Um, or bacon bits in your salad. Yeah, or bacon bits. Uh, but
2: other than that, if it's going with the, eggs or anything Yeah, it's man, just for breakfast,
0: you know, I don't like a plank of bacon next to my eggs and grits. I want yeah. Yeah. something that you can enjoy Absolutely. i don't know if that's safe or not so who won the debate who's who's what bacon's um, the most popular
2: well you know that's why they're called hard truths yeah everyone's got opinion but <laughs> mine's right so <laughs> so what is yours
0: i know yours is the right one what is that so
2: honestly i think crispy bacon won there's a lot really? of people that came and were very upset
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, and my favorite
2: comments is um uh, one one of my buddies, honestly, that I work with, he always Google searches how to delete Facebook friends and puts a <laughs> puts a snapshot of you don't you don't deserve yeah. it. Another one was actually Matt Wilson. I posted uh, fire trucks are just water trucks, <laughs> and for those who yeah, don't that know, that may Matt, be offensive to a fireman. <laughs> he's a fireman, and <laughs> yeah. he he's, he's like, hey man, take this down. I'm like, <laughs> he's very about Would it. Would you compare it to <laughs> nothing? I just I, so hard truth is either we we can debate certain things or I'll just post like random facts.
0: Oh, just something.
1: And so that, it was just yeah.
2: fire trucks are really just water, water truck, trucks. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, when you think about it,
0: yeah. it's, yeah, it's the truck that carries are. water. Yeah. All right. What's another example of a uh, um, hard truth.
2: I'm trying to think of another one that really sparked a lot. Oh, uh, so this was one of my first one, which is, and I'm glad yeah. we don't, uh, Starbucks is overrated.
0: Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yes way overrated if you
2: for the typical person starbucks is great it's like hey it's coffee yeah uh you get it you go you call it a day they kind of just branded themselves yeah but as a whole the coffee itself is pretty bad
0: yeah (laughs) it's way overpriced yeah and you have to put in seven adjectives yes before the coffee it's like okay this is exactly. way too much work to get a cup of coffee so you, you know? talk
2: to anybody that yeah. has either sold coffee or yeah. drinks coffee regularly and they're like starbucks yeah. it really isn't that good yeah it's, it's just not good nah. branding
0: now you know i visited the original starbucks in, in seattle, seattle. <clears throat> That's yeah awesome. it's in the uh, fisher's market or whatever it the yeah. area is called uh it's still there the original one is still there it's That's small and and it was standing room only. It was insane. Yeah, oh, we, I believe it. We were in Seattle for something. I forgot what it was. And we went through that market area where the original one.
2: It's almost like a cult following. It's it, kind of scary because it really it's like
0: it's almost like a status symbol. Yeah. People do it just because they have the brand in their hand cuz yeah. can't be can't be the coffee. And you know they were brilliant. The it Can't be the coffee. It's <laughs> got to be the brand. Uh, he was brilliant the guy that uh, that bought the company and turned it into an international yeah. powerhouse. They were brilliant in marketing, man, you know, because they took they took a very inexpensive drink and charged you 20 times the price for it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Brilliant. Well, yeah. they always
2: look down on me. As yeah. like if, if I ever have like a client meeting there, I'll just yeah. order a black coffee, right? And they like look yeah. at me because it's like a dollar twenty five. Yeah, exactly. And they're expecting me to order yeah. some seven dollars. And I, I,
0: <laughs> I, I just, I just savor the irony. In Starbucks, they are a multi billion dollar corporation pretending to be socialist. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> that's just to me. It's so good. I love. Just be honest, man. You're making a fortune. <laughs>
2: I think my favorite is when I see people talk about, oh, yeah, we're for socialism, like down with capitalism, and they got a MacBook Pro, and yeah. a, they got a Starbucks in their hand, and they're playing on their iPhone. I'm like, you yeah. have no clue. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's funny to me how um, how much younger generations are drawn to socialism.
2: It's crazy. It
0: is. And when you think of all of the you know, uh, bad elements of socialism that seem to get glossed over, you yeah. know, like... For one, socialism has never worked in any nation that has ever been tried, ever. You know, uh, the Union of the Soviet Socialist Republic, the most aggressive military power of the 20th century, took over about 20 or 30 nations and instituted socialism, collapsed of its own dead weight. Yeah, you know, some of the socialist countries today, North Korea is is socialist. Um, Who else is Venezuela? Cuba and it's yeah Venezuela's raw. Venezuela went from the largest oil exporter in the world.
2: They were huge.
0: Yeah, and Venezuela has an oil-rich country that now can't even produce toilet paper. Yeah, after 25 years of socialism, you know, it's easy to be socialist when you have, uh, you know, uh, comfort and prosperity, and you're talking about some utopia that doesn't really work. You know, well, I'm socialist. Until you realize that, uh, in the end, you got to give up all of those, yeah. you know, benefits. Well, of and I think, capitalism. I think the problem
2: is, in a perfect, perfect, perfect world, socialism could probably work. Yeah, like it could, I agree. The problem is people are involved.
0: And you know, we take out the central component of truth is that is the fall of man, the original yeah. sin. When you when you understand. Your worldview goes through that lens that everybody has a fallen heart, everybody's yeah. capable of wickedness. That alone cancels out the effectiveness effectiveness it, yeah. of socialism because once you get a wicked heart involved, then it becomes about amassing power and wealth, yeah. not about distributing equally. Correct. So it sounds good on the surface, but whoever becomes the ruler in the socialist world, he amasses power or she a masses power and wealth and everybody else lives on you know crumbs yeah. yeah so yeah anyway so that's interesting <laughs> so I think Starbucks is a great example of that you know yeah. they pretend to be socialist and they, they they are politically correct and they're they're woke and all the other things that you know the culture demands today but truly who they are they're a multi billion dollar corporation yeah. that's sweeping the world oh for sure pretending like they're socialist that's and they're exact. not so that's why I can't drink their coffee I'll take them serious you know
2: and I, I can deep dive into that, there's a, a guy named Simon Sinek. If you've yeah. heard of him, mm-hmm. um, he he has like a 15 minute clip on. Not, I don't want to say what's wrong with millennials, but yeah. like kind of the thought press yeah. thought process around it, and he gives yeah. five key points, and it's very it's very enlightening to kind of see. Yeah. Um, once you kind of understand how they were raised, how they grew up, it's really yeah not. You know, strange that they think the way they think. Yeah, you know? and
0: and I think socialism is so um, uh, alluring because it sounds l- like you know a great On way paper, to live. It sounds amazing. Yeah, other than it doesn't work in in real life. Yeah, you know, um, I was I was gonna. I was gonna say about socialism. Oh, I know. Uh, I grew up in the eighties. Yeah, and you know, uh, Ronald Reagan was president, and Mikhail Gorbachev was the leader of the Uh, of Soviet Russia. And I remember the battle between uh, free market capitalism and communism. And, you know, ironically, all of the media in America was on the side of the Russians. You know, (laughs) all of the all the billion dollar corporations were siding with communism. And Reagan just stood strong, you know, and said, no, free market capitalism is the best methodology ever tried to run an economy in the history of the world. It has its flaws. We all know that. It does cater to people's greed, and it does get out of control. But it works better than anything else ever tried. Correct. You know, because it really unleashes the power of the individual. You know, anybody in a free market society can or at least have the opportunity to rise out of poverty. America is taking more people out of poverty than any history in the nation, any nation in the history of the world. Yeah. You know, there are millionaires, billionaires, kids who grew up in poverty in America who made it to billionaire Poverty in other
2: countries and came here.
0: Came here. Right. And if America was such a bad nation, why are people, you know— bursting their way in, yeah. be- begging to come in, illegally coming in. You know, why? Because this is the greatest it's nation great on the place. planet, you know, because liberty and the opportunity to grow yourself out of poverty exist yeah. here, you know? And well,
2: and I think we're, we're entering kind of a, a weak stage. And the reason yeah. I say that is there's, there's a saying, it's, you know, um, good men or hard men create good times, right. good times, create weak men, weak men create hard times. It's right. a never ending Boy, it's cycle. A cycle.
0: So where are we in that cycle right now? You think
2: personally, I think yeah. we came off of an amazing time. Yeah. Um, and we now have a new generation. We have
0: good times. We have
2: we're great times. And
0: creating weak, we, and a weak generation. We're
2: creating a weak generation is then yeah. is going to create hard times. If yeah. something. Yeah. Godly men and women step up and say, Hey, we're not going to let this happen. Right. Again. Yeah. Um, because right. I think that's in, in the reality, balance right now. Um, you know, if our if our biggest argument is coffee and this, that, it's like we don't have real problems. You like, know, Ryan, really it's, big problems. it's
0: like we solved every major problem in our nation, you know. Yeah. Now we're down that we're arguing over pronouns and it's, we're arguing over We're creating it. Yeah, we're we're making things up just to fight over. It seems that these discussions yeah. can be had in the privacy of your own home, sure. not in the public discourse, you know, yeah. we're well, We're, and
2: America's not perfect. I mean, there's, there's like it's kind of like capitalism. Like, there's a yeah. lot that we can improve on. But that's right. literally any person, institution, yeah. business. Like, you're never gonna find a church. Yeah, you're never gonna find some place. I'm that's not perfect. sure you said
0: this. Somebody said, and I think it may have been one of the uh, conservatives in the '90s or '80s. He said capitalism is the worst form of economy in the world, but it's the best one that we've ever succeeded with yeah so we agree capitalism is flawed and free markets and all those things has plenty of problems yeah however it's better than anything else we've ever tried no for sure yeah so and i I think that that goes to speak of every generation you know uh we're only one generation away from losing freedom and liberty because it's it's precious you know, um, you can vote your way into socialism, but you got to shoot your way out. That's one hundred percent correct. Venezuela is now a third world country. Twenty five years ago, most prosperous nation in South America. Today yeah. is a third world country. You have to bring in a, a a wheelbarrow load of cash to buy groceries because inflation is just
1: skyrocketing
0: out of control. It's, it's Triple digits. Yeah. You know, uh, and so this just proves the point to me. You know that. Um, you have to allow people to operate in a free market. And if you make, if you give an individual the opportunity to create a product or a service, take that product or service, offer it to the market, it, he can create wealth in accordance to the value he brings to the table. Correct. What a great system, man! Where innovation comes from. Yeah, yeah. It it unleashes the power of the individual. Yeah. A person then has the opportunity, whether it's coding, writing you know, uh, software, or building skyscrapers, or driving a truck, or you know, becoming whatever. a plumber, or whatever your passion is, you have the opportunity to take your passion, turn it into a service or a product, put it on the market, and people will trade their value for your value. Correct. I mean, that's a beautiful system, and it honors the worth of the individual. And that's the beauty of it, and that's what liberty is. Liberty honors the, you know, the worth of the individual. So, anyway, so we're talking about economy today. Yeah, man, um, in America, we're seeing some Craziness. serious things happening. <laughs> I think we're like at five percent inflation right now. Is that what's going on? It's like
2: five point six for this year. Which is like isn't that. that like a
0: record for the last twenty or thirty years or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. since.
2: Since the big boom of the inflation in the '80s, it's yeah. kind of been pretty stagnant. It's yeah. been around two two percent the last right. twenty or so years, which is
0: almost bearable, you know. Yeah, I mean that's pretty normal. Five percent is is nuts. Yeah, uh, you know, I- interest rates are still low. You know, yeah, to, you know, to, and
2: they, and they're pushing for that because yeah. they understand kind of where everyone's at for the right. coronavirus. Right. If so you're not out, really moving gets that gets out of hand,
0: scene. you know. Uh, we bought our first house in the '80s. Uh, and we had to wait, we got married in eight Rachel and I got married in eighty one yeah but when we got married, interest rates were in the twenty to twenty five percent range to buy a new house twenty one percent interest was not unheard of, so we didn 't buy a house. it was just it doesn 't make sense It was outside of our you know possibility you know so it wasn 't until the middle of the eighties when Reagan had been in office for five or six years. Then we got a loan. I think our, our the best deal we got was nine point nine percent, which, which is, is still staggeringly high. For a car that time, <laughs> right? But much less for a house. Yeah. But it was so bad in the in the early uh, late seventies, early eighties that getting a loan at ten percent was like, oh man, finally it's coming down. You know, yeah. it's just, that's how bad the economy it's was, crazy. you know, uh, at the end of the seventies, there were, there were, it was fuel rationing. Yeah. We had to st- sit in line at the gas pump for 20, 30 minutes, sometimes an hour to get gas, you know, Yeah, because we were running out. I remember the news media saying, we're going to run out of oil. When I was a, a, a first driving, I literally believed that we were going to run out of oil. Oh yeah. That's what the media was telling us. That's why A long time ago, I decided not to believe anything the media says. They were lying the whole time. We weren't out of oil. They were using it to control purchases, purchasing power of people in the world and to uh, artificially raise the price of oil. And OPEC made a gazillion dollars, you know, and we wouldn't even pump our own oil in America. You know, we were exporting, importing billions of barrels of oil. So it's the same old thing. People... Trying to amass power and money, and now here we are, forty years later, Ryan. And there's, still oil. do we still have oil? <laughs> now I still have it. Now we have it more than ever before. Yeah. There's there's enough oil to last uh, ten thousand years. Yeah. We're not going to run out of oil. You know, in fact, our whole economy is built on uh, energy from oil, natural gas, and coal which ironically is the three areas of energy that the green movement is trying to do away with. We're pretending like there's enough wind and solar power to replace oil and gas and coal. You know, well, we, would be a, we would all be living in the Stone Age today without that's, energy.
2: That's the issue. I, I, and you can blame our, our meaning my, my generation, is it took us years To build up the oil industry. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. Right. And they're expecting that the Green Deal is just going to happen overnight. Right. That's the problem with ideas nowadays. Yeah. Is we live in a microwave world.
0: Right. We want it now. We
2: want it right now. Right. The problem is the world works very much so like a crock pot on low.
0: Yeah. Where it it takes
2: 10, 12, 14 hours to cook something. Right. But we takes, want it, I want it in two minutes. It takes
0: generations to build energy. Is
2: we can't just cut oil out and right. replace it. It's we don't have the infrastructure, we don't right. have the technology, we don't right. have anything set up to do that. Yeah. Now we can. Yeah. I'm down for a deal that's going to, you know, do it over a 50 year period of time. Yeah. But you guys want to do it in five years. And to
0: pretend like we, that the technology exists is a joke. Yeah. We can't build enough windmills and solar fields.
2: Not fast enough.
0: No. And we would have to cover half of the country with solar panels yeah. and most of our coastlines with windmills. You know, and, and what happens when the wind stops blowing? Yeah. What happens on a a a, a month where there's a lot, of, generators a lot of clock? Burn. Yeah, and what's generators run on? <laughs> You know, oil and gas and coal. Yeah. You know, we're pretending that we have a solution that's not there. And that's why I don't take global warming serious. Yeah. Now, I believe that there is weather changes that always has been for thousands of years. The weather has changed. I just don't take the global warming movement serious because they keep wanting to tax their way into, into a green economy. Yeah. So if... Uh, if the Green New Deal or the, you know, the new energy sector was was real, uh, I don't think that we'd have to eliminate one to have the other. Yeah. You know, just show me how solar works. Why don't you live on it? All the guys who are promoting solar and wind and other renewable sources, great. Why don't you show us all how it's done? Yeah you know, but instead they get their private jets and fly over (laughs) to another nation, rent a limo to take them to a meeting in this massive meeting hall that's powered by, by, uh, you know, fossil fuels, everything, their, their carbon footprint for one of those global summits, you know, is enough to cover a thousand lifetimes for me and you. So I don't take them serious, Yeah. you know? Uh, and every time they promote a new, you know, uh, Carbon tax—it just lets me know their real motive is to take away wealth from common people like me and you, yeah. who use gasoline to, you know, run our cars and use we use natural gas to heat our homes. Yeah. You know, those are the real things because we live in life every day. We fill our our tank up. You know, in the last twelve months, gas went from a dollar fifty to three dollars a gallon. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's huge. That's a tax. That's a direct tax on on people like me and you. You know, it, it costs twice as much now to fill up our tank.
2: Yeah. I mean, for I, I bought my car in 2016. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever spent over $40 to fill it up. Yeah. Um, since I've owned the car. Right. And it was $49, $48 yeah. yesterday when I filled yeah,
0: it. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like, that's insane. My pickup truck, I have a, a 22-gallon pickup um, yeah. tank, and it, it cost me $70 to that's fill insane. up now. It, it just, it's just ridiculous last year it was
2: $35. Yeah, honestly this is like my frustration is just like again I'm I'm all for making a movement and yeah. making change. Sure. But it's we don't even have like most neighborhoods, most homes aren't wired to even like charge electric vehicles. Like yeah. you could have maybe one or two per street, but if right. every car mm-hmm. on the street had an electric vehicle and replaced right. it with gas like tomorrow.
0: Right. What do electric power grids would collapse? What do electric cars run on like the current models?
2: To be honest, I'm not really so they, sure. So I think it's like lithium batteries. I, I know the answer. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: just I'm setting up my own, my own question. So when they plug in their electric car, what replenishes the power of their battery? Fossil fuels. Yeah. All the electricity generated in America. of it comes from fossil fuels. Yeah. So even the electric cars are indirectly running on fossil fuels. Oh, yeah. It's not like some major uh, energy factory producing electricity out of the sun or out of the wind. It doesn't happen. All the electricity creators in America, for the most part, use fossil fuels. Yeah. So we're pretending like we have an electric car. But really, we just one generation away removed from the actual use of gas, coal, or oil. Yeah. It's just coming through a, an electric turbine that's been powered by fossil yeah. fuels. So, even that is kind of. Um, that's the
2: problem. Most things, yeah. if you ask one or two probing questions, the yeah. whole thing
1: falls back. Yeah,
0: and that's that's <laughs> the thing about debate, honest debate. And I think that's why it's not allowed anymore in America because you poke holes in people's sacred cows. Well, you shouldn't be asking me that, you know, and then they're using things like, well, words is violence. No, words aren't violence. Uh, I'm destroying your argument with my words. You consider it violence because you have a dumb position you, you, you no can't defend. You can't defend your position. Yeah. So the only way you can defend is to make sure that I can't question you. So I just say we all keep asking the hard questions, you know, yeah. and if you can really power the earth with solar and wind, show us how it's done. Stop flying your plane. Stop living in, in your, uh, in your 80,000 square foot mansion. Stop driving your, uh, your limo that's powered by gas. And then I'll take you serious, yeah. you know, uh, until then, until you can fly your plane with a, uh, with green energy, Please don't tell me how committed you are to the environment, you yeah. know? And it's funny how all these billionaires are committed to green power, and they live in massive mansions, and their carbon footprint is larger than the city of Slidell, that yeah. single, you know, uh, the guy that uh, Bill Gates, yeah. you know? He's, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy. He's a creator, you know, but he lives this life. He pretends like he's all about the green energy, but his life is totally based on fossil, uh, fossil fuels, And but he jets off to uh, these, you know, events in his private jet that tell us how bad we are for driving our SUV. So that just kind of makes me want to get a bigger pickup.
2: That's what next year when the chips come back, I'm buying a truck. Maybe get a
0: truck. Get a truck, you know. Uh, not going to buy it now. Don't yeah. buy. It. No, no, not buy it. not a good time now. Not, not a good time. Yeah, yeah. Save your money, pay cash, buy something <laughs> a couple of years old. Uh, so the economy is not doing great, but it is doing okay, uh, yeah. in spite of the White House and in spite of Joe Biden. You know, there's a lot of factors at work that kind of keeps us safe. And you work, Brian. You know, tell us a little bit about what you do. What's your yeah. daytime so, job? So,
2: um, so I'm a financial advisor. For those that don't know, okay. Um, and basically, our job is. Um, building plans, financial security for people, whether that's investments, insurance, um, mm-hmm. just or different strategies. Right. Um, so
0: you track the economy every day, the stock market for the most part. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, we so that that's a good question because I get that I get asked that a lot. Is mm-hmm. if I look at like the ticker symbol and I yeah. have you know yeah. some some type of thing playing in the background and I I keep up to date with it. Yeah. Um, but unless you're an older client, I'm not super worried about it. And the yeah. reason being. Um, is this, the last 15 years prior mm-hmm. to the last two, so yeah. the last 17 years, yeah. um, right after the 2008, 2009 market crash,
1: right.
2: doesn't really matter what you invested in. Everything has been doing good. Yeah. And so it created a false sense of security in yeah. people that everyone can just go out and day trade. Yeah. And that's the end all be all. Yeah. And they're. You know, buying stock, they're buying Tesla, they're buying Facebook, and all those things are great. Yeah. But what coronavirus showed us is that you can have a portfolio. Yeah. But if you don't have a plan, it, it's, it's almost irrelevant. Yeah. And so it's all great, you know, right mm-hmm. now, if you're young and the market yeah. crashes. Yeah. You should see that as an opportunity. Yeah. To where you're buying things basically as a fire sale. Right. The problem is if you're 75 and retired... Yeah. And your source of income is those that four hundred one K you've worked forty years to to build or that Roth IRA that you invested in. Yeah. And that drops twenty percent. Yeah. Where are you gonna pull money from at during that time? Yeah. If you don't have a plan, if you just have a portfolio, whether you like it or not, you have to pull out that those dollars because you still gotta pay three dollars a gallon for gas. Right. Still gotta pay for milk. Yeah. Still gotta pay your mortgage or rent or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And so that's really where we come in and say, we don't yeah. want you to just throw money in right. investments. Right. We want you to have a plan and a roadmap of what this is actually going to build over So
0: over you time. help people plan for their retirement?
2: Yes. yes. Plan for their retirement, um, plan for kids' educations, yeah. uh, their future, yeah. or just something simple to buy a house. Yeah. You know, I have clients all the time that, you know, they're, they're young married couples. They want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. We kind of just talk through, when one, one we talk through their beliefs, mm-hmm. because that's the first thing. Because there's, there's godly finances and then there's just worldly finances. Right. And so you kind of have to navigate like what are your beliefs yeah. as far as do you want to be out of debt? Yeah. Do you want to do this? And yeah. that's one of the things that I love is I also get to pour into people about yeah. their finances. Yeah. Um, but you know we can go through – from a mathematical standpoint right now, yeah. it really makes zero sense to put any money down when you purchase a house. Really? Like it just—it doesn't make any sense. Wow. Because from a mathematical standpoint, yeah. you're getting a 2.75% interest rate yeah. that's locked in guaranteed for the life of the mortgage. Yeah. You can get an RD loan, at least in Southern Louisiana. They're very right. common. You get right. 0% down. You right. pay closing costs, the appraisal, mm-hmm. um, and the inspection, right. and that's it. Yeah. And you're done. because. Right from again mathematics say i can beat 2.75% in the market yeah 7 days a week yeah all day long basically forever wow there's going to be times where obviously the market's going to tank yeah but if you're in if you're in it for the long haul if you're in it yeah. for 20 years yeah it doesn't matter
0: so investors need to think i'm in this for the long haul not worry about every dip in every day Dep-
2: depends on what you're invested in. Is
0: that right? So, so, like something, give us an example.
2: So, for instance, when we when we sit down with a client, we want to understand what their objectives are yeah. for the investments. Yeah. Because taxes are probably the biggest key to investing. Yeah. To where if you're if you're saying, hey, my main focus is I want to buy a house in three years, and I just want to invest money mm-hmm. to do that. I, I kind of – again, I just asked some probing questions of, mm-hmm. one, do you understand the taxes that you're going to pull out on any of the gains that you invest in?
1: Yeah.
2: I said, two, is that three years time sensitive or is it like in three years I need to pull money out? Yeah. Because what we don't want is, one, you invest money into a mutual fund or ETF or whatever it is that people are inv- want to invest in. Yeah and the market crashes the month that you're trying to buy a house. Yeah. If you don't have any flexibility, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Because if the money, if the market tanks, you just kind of lost
1: mm-hmm. any money. Right.
2: If you're if it's not growing by a certain percent mm-hmm. because individual like accounts that aren't in retirement funds. Yeah. They're taxed at short-term and long-term capital gains. Right. Mediocre American, you're going to pay anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent on those gains. Wow! So before you do anything, you're going to lose fifteen percent of all your profits. Yeah. The second you pull any of that money out on yeah. any of the gains,
0: that's huge. That's a huge. So loss. you need
2: to. We just need to think through that. Most yeah. people aren't aware, like the yeah. whole GameStop, AMC craze. Yeah. Where people they put money in, they made ten grand, they pulled out. Yeah. Because they did it within twelve months. Ordinary income tax is going to be taxed on all of those gains. Right. But most people don't don't know that yeah. because they're day traders and they're right. not intended to know that. So they'll
0: lose a large portion of that. Well, so yeah. they're
2: just going to be shocked when Robinhood sends them a 1099 in the mail. Right. They're like, what are, I owe taxes on the 10 grand I made? I'm like, right. yeah, you yeah. owe... You have to be very aware of how things are taxed and yeah. how the market actually works. Yeah. So the biggest thing is we want to understand their objectives. Right. Um, of why are you investing the money?
1: Right. Do you, are you
2: just investing because you, your grandpa told you to invest? Yeah. Like we need to come up with an actual strategy. So around a
0: young that. family with two kids in their mid twenties, both work. How much of their money should they be investing for the future?
2: So this is a blanket statement. So yeah. we we pride ourselves on individual planning okay because the conversation that i'm gonna have with one married couple is gonna be vastly different than the one gotcha. that i have with another give
1: us a general but as a,
2: as a blanket statement yeah. the 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 theory is 60 20 20
0: okay what's that Break so it down.
2: first of all 10 percent off the top to god
1: please yeah. for yeah. tithing
2: yeah. um he's gonna bless the other 90 percent. but yeah. of the 90 it's 60 20 20 okay 60 percent should be fixed expenses yeah that's your mortgage mm-hmm. your car gas, yeah. groceries, all that stuff. You're living, yeah. That is how you can determine if I'm living within my means wow. or outside of my means.
0: If you can live on 60% you of your you can live income. off to 60%. Yeah, and then what's the um, 2020
2: represent? 20% spending. Yeah. You have fun. You yeah. work to yeah. go on vacation. Yeah. Do those things if you can afford it. Right. If you can afford it, the 20% spending and the 20% yeah. of savings. Yeah. Now, that can be across a few things. A few different things. 5%, let's say, can go into your 401k. Right. 10% should go into your savings until up to a certain amount. Right. And then 5% can, let's say, go into a Roth IRA. All right. Um, We're firm believers that if you have three months of income, Mm -hmm. not not bills, three months of income Mm -hmm. in a savings, you should be doing something else with your money. Okay.
0: So you get the first three months... Leave that as an emergency fund. That's an emergency fund. And Car breaks. After that, you start. Hurricane hits. That's why yeah. you need a, a financial advisor. Yeah. Once
2: you get to that point, it's, yeah. for instance, if let's say you make five thousand dollars a month as okay. a, as a household, okay. which is pretty common. All right. Um, Fifteen grand in a savings account is what you should hold. Gotcha. Anything above that, when you look at the the current atmosphere, you're losing five percent on that money this yeah. year. Yeah. You're just because automatic the, because inflation. because of inflation. But it's still gotcha. important from the cash standpoint because yeah. if an emergency arises, you don't want to have to look at the economy. Right. You don't want to have to look at the market. You want to be able to go into your, your bank, yeah. transfer money, or stroke a check to say, yeah. hey, I need a new roof. Right. Car broke. I need a new mm-hmm. car. Whatever the case is, it's all about liquidity.
0: Do you know the percentage of families in America that have three-month salary set aside? Oh, it's less than 5%. It's— Wait, uh, the whole— car, five per, less than 5%? Have
2: three months—oh, yeah, it's— 84% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. Now, that was obviously before the stimulus payments, so yeah. we may it may be a little higher. But still, the it vast
0: is, majority of people the vast live, majority
2: live paycheck to paycheck. It's a very high percentage. That's incredible. It's like mid-70s, mid-80s. It's very high.
0: That's incredible, man. It's insane. How do people get through a crisis then when they're... Credit cards. Uh, Credit cards. Yeah. That's insane.
2: And that's... A vast majority of people that I talk to is when we're developing plans. A lot of it is so. If people, getting if, some, out of debt. if
0: somebody watching you right now would like to get a plan, uh, it's possible for the mm-hmm. average guy. Yeah, that eighty-five percent that's not set up they could yeah. change some habits eliminate some spending the first what's thing, the first thing you do okay first thing i
2: do is budget okay you need to identify every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes Got out. It. so
0: you're gonna name every dollar you can
2: name every dollar yeah, yeah and i've i've had people not talk to me again yeah because once we did their budget they yeah. found out they were spending for they they didn't have anything in savings they were spending 1400 dollars eating out yeah and didn't realize it yeah because the problem is is you have this magical card yeah It's a debit card or in some case a check, a credit card. It's it's
0: painless. You just swipe swipe it. You don't
2: really even have to pay attention. Yeah. But the first thing is, this is what we do. This is kind of the the steps that we take is we identify, itemize every budget. Yeah. You can build a spreadsheet. Dave Ramsey's got one on his website. It's great. Mm -hmm. Write everything down. Yeah. Then look at your income and write everything net of benefits, taxes, what we bring in as a family. Yeah. Then you look at what's left over. You run it, hey, through the 60 20 20. Yeah. Is it 60%? Yeah. The answer is no, which for most people, it's not. 80%, it's not. Yeah. Um, what can we cut back on? Yeah. If we can't really cut back on anything, it's, hey, we have to work with what we have. Yeah. So then it goes, all right, let's free up, let's start paying some of that credit card debt off because that'll free up 300 bucks a month. You know, now we're at 70%. Yeah. And we're slowly trying to widen that gap. Yeah. The problem is people don't want to, do the, 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 short term. Yeah. Again, it's a very microwave generation. Yeah. They want to, they want it right now. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Right. It took you five years to get into credit card debt. You're not going to get out in five months. Yeah. And so the first thing again is the budget. The second thing I do, um, people, people look at me like I'm crazy until I, I, I break it down mm-hmm. is I actually have them rearrange their bank accounts. Hmm. So think of it as three boxes, three hmm. boxes stacked on top of each other. Okay. You have a savings account, you have a checking account, you have another checking account. Okay. Change all of your direct deposits to your savings account. Hmm. The second I say that, people are like, what? Bear with me. So all of your income, everybody's income goes into the savings account. It comes into a giant pool. Gotcha. The bad thing about this, you need to have the savings to do it because once you identify and write down all your bills, on the 30th or 31st of every month, you deposit what your bills are one time into your checking account. Yeah. As long as your bills are set up on auto draft, yeah, you've just paid your bills for the month. You don't even have to look at your checking account for the rest of the month, right? Because everything is set up, Boy, it's very, itemized, it's ready.
0: Very, what a good system!
2: And then the second one is we call it a, a wham card, a walking around money. Mm-hmm. That is your spending card. Yeah, you then take whatever the desired amount. Hundred bucks a month, five hundred yeah. bucks a month, thousand right. a month, depending on the family. Yeah. And you put it in a separate debit card. Right.
0: That way, when you're out, you're out.
2: You're out. You're out. Yeah. And you can pull up your app. You can yeah. You can check it. You can say, yeah. Hey, we have three hundred left. We have two hundred left. We have hundred left. Right. The problem is, is everyone just has the glory checking yeah. account where right. all their money comes in, all their bills come out, all their spending. Right. There's way too much activity. There's right. no way to track it. Right. And they're trying to save whatever's left over. Right. And this way, is if you for if for instance have. $5,000 of income, your mm-hmm. bills are 3500 and you as a family decide $500 is what we're going to spend. On the first of the month, you put $3,500 into that account, mm-hmm. you've paid all your bills, right. there's $1,500 left, right. and you give yourself $500. You've just saved $1,000 a month, wow. just systematically not wow. even thinking about it.
0: So if a young family, say 25 to 30 years old, two kids want to plan for their retirement what is the if they get serious and make yeah. the hard choices what is the possibility that when they're ready to retire that they are financially set
2: without a plan like it's no, just no. If,
0: With a, if they follow your plan oh
2: it's about 96 percent.
0: so everybody could really retire yeah in relative comfort oh 100 percent. if they 100 good choices um,
2: wow. again it goes back to people can't think past yeah. The next thing. Yeah. It's, but th- the problem is there's always going to be another thing. Right. It's, I want to buy a house. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I want a new car. Right. Then I want to have kids. Right. Then the kids are in preschool. Yeah. Then the kids are in college. There's right. always no. going to be another never thing. It never ends. Right. So you just have to take a stand and say, Hey, I'm going to start this now. Yeah. I don't care if you start with $50 a month. Right. We're going to start something. Yeah. And I always use the analogy because I'm from Southern Louisiana how yeah. to boil a frog. Yeah. Is, you're not going to come in and start saving $1,000 a month.
1: Right.
2: Same way as if you put a, a frog in boiling water, he's just going to jump out. Right. Put the frog in, put on lukewarm. We start with $100 a month. That's something that's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. Yeah. Six months later, it's 200 bucks. Yeah. A month. Credit cards are paid off,
1: 400 Yeah.
2: Next thing you know, you look five years down the line, and yeah. you're, paying, you're, you know, you're, you're saving $700 a month, whatever the right. number is, right. whatever your number is, right. and you don't even realize it anymore.
0: Well, you know, with inflation, how is that affecting real estate, you think? Real estate? Yeah.
2: Um, well, so inflation affects a lot of different things. I yes. would say right now with um, with real estate, it's really just a buyer's market. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say inflation is it, it's going to affect the, in a, almost in a positive way, but also yeah. in a negative way of like so it's a good time the to value. Buy. Of, it's actually a terrible time to buy okay so and the it's reason a I, is, it's a seller's market gotcha because houses right now are 20 to 40 percent worth more than what they're actually worth because of inflation because of everything else
0: so it's not a good time to invest in real estate
2: not necessarily yeah, yeah. i this is this is more of a seller's because the okay. problem is nowadays right if like for instance i wanted to sell my house yeah i could sell my house and we bought it last year yeah i can make 30 percent yeah. On selling my house, the right. problem is we'd have nowhere to live. Right. Well, there's that. The same, yeah. Like I'd have to yeah. go buy another house. That's so. If more a person expensive. right
0: now, if they had ten properties, maybe a good time to sell five of them.
2: Depends what. The, yeah. Depending on what if, the properties if, if, are if for. If it's just
0: your investments, and yeah. You think, Man, I can make thirty percent on my five houses.
2: Yeah. If yeah. you can make thirty yeah. percent, I mean it's 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 almost. And that's again, that goes back to the liquidity question. Yeah. Is what do you need the funds for? Yeah. Like if hey, we're short on funds. Maybe yeah. we can sell one property for yeah. an additional thirty percent of what it is now. Right. Um, but yeah, I would it's kinda like the car yeah the car market. Yeah. And, and some people may debate me of but it's I'm not buying a new car for that exact reason. Yeah. Is I'm I'm gonna wait until things come down.
0: When does a person need a financial planner? How early in their life?
2: I I would say everyone needs needs a planner. Yeah. Because we pride ourselves on Needs-based, not fee-based. So when I sit down, there's plenty of people that I've made $0 on, but I've helped them get out of debt. Yeah, is because when I sit down, I do those same steps. I sit down a budget, get them out of debt, do that. Now, if you can't do that on your own, I recommend Dave Ramsey going through financial peace or just hiring an advisor that doesn't charge you to build a plan. Mm -hmm. And so we don't charge to build a plan. So we can get you out of debt. We can get that. But what I would say is when you need a planner is when... You have your budget figured out. Yeah. You, you've you've gotten to, or close to the three months of savings. Yeah. And you're working towards getting out of debt. You don't necessarily have to be out of debt, but you're right. working towards getting out of
0: debt. And you mentioned uh, uh, um, your different kinds of investments. Yeah. The Roth account and the, the 401k and, mm-hmm. and the others. Why don't you just educate me a little bit about yeah. which ones had the best return, which ones are the safest. Give me some... So act like, I know nothing. No, for sure. I don't.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, well, and that's the crazy thing. They can all be invested the exact same way. Okay. Like they, they literally can all be invested in the exact same thing. Okay. The reason they have different account titles is because they're taxed differently.
1: Okay. So give me so, some examples.
2: For instance, a 401k, if you yeah. work at a company, you have a 401k and just for yeah. easy math, yeah. let's say you make hundred thousand dollars a year Okay. and you say, Hey, if you put in 5% of your income, they're going to match 5%. All right. So you're going to put in five grand. They're going to put up five grand. Then it's invested in the market. Gotcha. When you go to pay taxes at the end of the year, you're going to get a W-2 of 95000 It's a yeah. direct write-off. It's okay. a direct deduction. Gotcha. That's the benefit of a 401k is you get the match and you get a deduction. Okay. The only downside to a 401k is over the years as it grows, when you go to pull out of those funds, every dollar that you pull out is taxed as ordinary income. Yeah. And if you look at the economy today, yeah. taxes really only going up. Right. So what we advise people is get the match, put put in the amount up to your match. Everything yeah. else should be more tax-diverse. Okay. Which So that's a 401k that's also a traditional IRA. Okay. Works the same way just without the match. Right. As you can put up to six grand per year. If you're over 50, it's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all tax-deductible. Okay. And it grows tax-deferred. When you pull out, you pay the income on any all the money that you put in, right. As well as all the gains.
1: All right,
0: that's a four hundred one k or traditional or a traditional IRA. IRA. All right. and then what, what is a Roth account? So a
2: Roth IRA is like a traditional IRA. You can yeah. put up to six grand per year. Yeah, um, or, or seven if you're, over, if you're over
1: fifty. If you're yeah. over fifty, okay.
2: Um, but you basically get paid and then invest. So you've already gotten hit with all the taxes, right? So right. then you invest it. As it grows, mm-hmm. it's going to grow over time. Every dollar in that account after 59 and a half. That's the key thing. Yeah. After 59 and a half is all tax free. Oh, Wow. And so, as you take it out, as you take it out, wow. So that's where most people, when I, when I, because a lot of my job is calling and getting referred to people, mm-hmm. like personal introduction type right. deal. Um, And a lot of their responses, oh, I have a four hundred one k at work, I'm good. Yeah. And a lot of people have that mentality. Yeah. When in reality, when you look at it on paper and you look at, oh man, I'm have a million dollars when I retire, two million dollars retire, whatever right. the number is, right. is you can almost cut that number in half. Oh wow. Because of taxes, and we're at least forty percent. Yeah. And so when you think of it that way, it's that's where we, we come in and say, hey, let's take some dollars and put it into a Roth. Mm-hmm. And this is where kind of the strategy comes in is when we're retired, how do we pull out the least amount of your 401k that puts yeah. you in the lowest tax bracket, and right. pull the rest out of the Roth, because mm-hmm. now we're not paying income tax. Is there
0: any penalty from moving from a traditional IRA to a Roth? Yeah. You got to pay?
2: It, so that's called a um, a Roth conversion. Okay. Which is basically you're taking money either out of a, out of a traditional IRA yeah. or a 401k right. and moving it into a Roth. So let's say yeah. you wanted to do 6000 per year. Right. As you take it, you're moving money from a traditional IRA to a Roth. You're going to get hit with $6,000 of income tax. Right.
0: So that seems that seemed to be a lot of money, though. <laughs> that's a, That's pretty steep, huh?
2: Well, six thousand dollars that that'll be taxes or any income.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and in reality, not really. Yeah. So for instance, if you let's say you're a single individual that makes under I think it's like eighty five thousand is like the okay. the mediocre yeah. tax bracket. Let's say you're making seventy okay. and you move over six grand, you're only gonna get taxed at seventy six thousand dollars you're gonna get taxed at seventy six thousand. Yeah. But if you're thirty, yeah, you're paying a little bit on taxes now, you're probably paying Five hundred bucks, thousand bucks in taxes, gotcha. but that six grand is going to grow tax free. I see over so thirty years. You'll make that
0: money back exponentially. Exponentially.
2: Yeah. Now, if you're fifty yeah. or older and you're wanting yeah. to do those changes, Just you don't really have.
0: If you don't, yeah, yeah you don't yeah. really have
2: that big of a runway. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's How, why every individual, like every meeting that I do, is 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 very different. Yeah,
0: I understand. Yeah. Just
2: because everyone's, a, oh yeah, no, 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 yeah, for I sure.
0: I understand what you're saying. So let's say that a. Um, A a 30-year-old is planning to retire when he or she is 65. How much money should they have in their retirement account? Uh, And I know you can't give an answer for everybody, but just give me a general uh, idea.
2: Anywhere from 1 to 1.5 is is realistic.
0: To go for the rest of their life. Will they live on the principal or the interest or both?
2: A little bit of both. Okay. And that's kind of where you can do almost simple math is where, hey, if I want to live off the interest of a million dollars. Yeah. Well, when you're retired, you want to be fairly conservative, so you're probably you're you're only shooting for five six percent. Yeah. So that's fifty to sixty grand that you'll live off of of a million dollars without ever depleting the million dollars.
0: Wow. So you can live pretty comfortably for the rest of your life. Yeah.
2: The problem is when you start factoring inflation. So when you have we have a we have a, a software that shows us. Yeah. And it's crazy because I met with a. 30 31 year old, and Mm -hmm. they want to retire at 65, and they want to live off of five grand a year, which is 60,000 a year.
1: Five grand a month,
2: yeah. Five grand a month, gotcha. With inflation, we set it at 2.25 percent, yeah, over the time it's $166,000 per year yeah. to live off the same amount. Wow! So then it's like, okay, now we need closer to the $1.52 million yeah. because it's not 60000 a year anymore. It's $166,000 right.
0: a year. so it changes everything. It changes a lot. And now inflation's 5%. And now so inflation's that 5%. that changes all of the factors.
2: So there's yeah. a lot that goes into it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I kind of love your uh, your financial advisor um, principle principal. Give God the first ten. Give God the first ten. Always. I love that. Why is tithing so important? So can I address something? Absolutely. First,
2: yep. And we talked about this yesterday. Okay. Um, and I feel like so many people, and you can cut this out if
0: yeah, if, <laughs> but let's roll with it.
2: I. So many people think that the tithes go straight to your pocket. Yeah. That's just yeah. The and that that bothers me. Yeah. Um, and I believe that before. Yeah. Uh, before I was your son-in-law, obviously yeah, yeah. that bothered me on the front end because yeah. I knew that wasn't that wasn't the case. Yeah, definitely not. Um, there, there's so much more that goes into yeah. it, and I, oh. I, I wish people would just dive, do a little bit more research into yeah. how that you know what yeah. tithing is. But yeah. honestly, it has nothing to do with the money. It never, what, is,
0: what is the spiritual principle? And as a financial advisor, yeah. I think I know as a pastor. No, but of tell me, what a financial advisor? Why would you encourage people to give?
2: So. It has nothing to do with the money.
0: Okay. What God does, does do not with, need your money. Right. But what does it have to do with?
2: It has to do with faith. Okay. It has to do with faithfulness in what you've been given and yeah. what you've been honored to steward. Okay. And God says, honor me with the 10%. Yeah. You yeah. don't need the money. Yeah. I don't need the money. Right. We can get the mission's money from somewhere else. Like there's yeah. Yeah. there's so many ways that we can make money. It has nothing right. to do with that. So, it so everything it's to like do a with principle greed.
0: in the person's life. Yes. Of putting... Others first, It's that generosity principle yes. that changes the flavor of the other ninety percent. Because most yeah. people
2: that I talk to, they they say, "Oh, I can't afford to
1: tithe." Yeah,
2: that's that's their. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, you know, one of two things is happening. Yeah. One is you're living in fear. Yeah, you're living in fear that God's not going to provide for right. you. And if you want." Kind of a, a story in the Bible. that talks about that. It's Matthew six yeah. nineteen verse or yeah Matthew six verse nineteen through thirty four. Yeah, talks about the sparrows, talks about the grass, talks yeah. about your yeah. treasure being in heaven. It talks right. about all those important yeah. Uh, pieces. Yeah, um, and if if you can't afford to tithe,
1: yeah,
2: it's either hey you may just not make a ton of money, yeah, or you may be living outside your means, and that's a hard, hard truth yeah. Tuesday. That may be a hard truth. Yeah, but. I personally lived with a roommate who got hurt at work. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked at, a, at a, a granite company. Granite Piece of granite fell on his hand, completely smashed his hand, like shattered his hand. Wow. Couldn't work for a year yeah. just because of, I mean, yeah. it was fragments. Yeah. Um, and he never missed, ever missed a rent payment. Wow. Because... He would do whatever he could yeah. and gave God 10%. He tithed. Yeah. He prayed on it. And literally the week before rent was due, for this was probably 13 months,
1: yeah.
2: someone would say, hey, can you come do this? I'll pay you $600. Bucks.
1: Yeah.
2: Hey, can you come do this? You know, it's, I'll pay you $1,000. Right. And you say it all the time is tithing is the one thing that you can actually test God on. It's the only thing in the Bible that says test me. you can test me
0: me see if i will not
2: open the windows of heaven and it is a hundred percent true
0: yeah and you know this is how it affects me and i think it's probably true for everybody but i know from my personal experience when i put that first ten percent when we get paid our first ten percent goes to the lord yeah it really sanctifies the other ninety percent a hundred percent this is i'm going to watch these other ninety percent it really makes me to focus on this now what and in what is always astounding to me is no matter what I give, the 10% or more, God always, comes, always back. comes back, always increases it. And I don't know how 90% is greater than 100%. <laughs> it shouldn't work that way. But I know supernaturally, when you put uh, God first in your money, that blessing covers the other 90, and it multiplies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, for sure. It, it's just astounding to me. I've watched it, you know, as our church. You know, our church, when we started journeying in 1996, you know, our first offering, the first weekend, we took in $800. Wow. The first weekend. Uh, and We were, were a church of about 20 people. We took $800. We gave, the, the first offering we gave was $250 that we gave off the top of that first 800 it wasn't 10 percent we gave more like 30 percent of our first offering to there was a missionary that came to our first service from to poland we gave him a check for 250 dollars we couldn't afford it yeah we'd have enough money to even operate we had 800 dollars for the whole church that week i was that's nothing (laughs) to run a church on but we believed in the principle that if you give god first he blesses and multiplies we gave that two hundred fifty dollars to that missionaries to Poland that day, and we have for the last twenty five years been reaping that. That's but awesome. We do that constantly. You yeah. know, we always tithe from our church's income to to missions. You know, yeah. um, one one uh, story I want to tell was almost out of time. We got to wrap it up. But one story I want to tell real quick was. Um, this was around the 10th year of our uh, operation as a church, uh, and the Lord really challenged me to give an entire weekend's offering to missions. Yeah. So we announced it to the church. Hey, on this such and such a day, it was in October of, I think, was it 05 or 04? No, 04 is, b- is before Katrina. We gave... Um, A whole week's offering. And we told the history ahead of time, whatever you, whatever you give, whatever you tithe, it's all going to missions. That weekend we gave $40,000 to missions in one weekend. But the Lord has given it back to us over and over and over and over again. It's just mind blowing to me. You know, like you said, God doesn't need the money, but God blesses faith. Yeah, And he blesses a heart of faith. And then, you know, you'll reap what you sow. So, all right, let's wrap it up, Ryan. So we've talked about the economy. We talked about uh, investments. Yeah. We talked about financial planning. We talked about your Facebook page and your Hard Truth Tuesdays, which I love, by the way. Uh, I'm excited. When you launch your Facebook page for just Hard Truth Tuesday, come back and let's do some fun ones yeah, together. Absolutely. We'll go through a bunch of them and laugh and talk. So uh, sure. anything you want to wrap up with before we close out today?
2: Um all i would say is you know i, I wanted to touch on the on the tithing, you know one more time is of how important it is yeah. of just trusting god taking yeah. taking a step
0: and Boy, and, and really right. really stepping out
2: cuz like yeah. you said there's never been a time where um We've missed, you know, a meal or missed that. And I can tell you it's not because of me, you know. It's the grace um, of God. It's the grace of God. You know, there's, we rely on it every day. That's, you know, God's my provider. I can do a million things for work, but if God doesn't touch it, it doesn't matter. Man, that's Um, so
0: good. Such good advice, right?
2: And all all I want is I want almost an awakening um, of godly finances, of being good stewards of what we have. Yeah. And just understanding that there's more to life than that brand new car that you absolutely can't live without or the house that needs to be 5,000 square feet or whatever the case is, is live within your means, honor God, and he'll bless the rest.
0: Wow. So. Great spiritual principles. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Of course. I have loved talking to you today, man. Enjoyed all the stories. Always fun. And we got so much more to talk about, so you got to come back real soon, okay? Yeah, for talk, sure. talk some more about <laughs> money, investments, and— It's
2: a lot uh, to unpack in, in like, is. 45 we minutes. Just, so I'm we trying just scratched <laughs> the surface, man. Give you as much as I yeah, can, but it so is maybe, a lot. Yeah, so maybe
0: maybe in a few weeks or a month or two, whenever your schedule will yeah. allow, come back and we'll pick up where we left off and bring some more hard truth. Part one. Tuesday. Yeah, this is part one. <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap it up. So this is Doug McAllister uh, from Journey Fellowship. Church, and this is our podcast, Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. And my guest today has been Ryan Rodo. Uh, Ryan's an um, investment advisor, a money management guru. Uh, he <laughs> loves Jesus. He's married to my daughter. He's raising... Uh, him and Christian are raising Evangeline, our, our granddaughter, which we love so much. And we love yeah. you, Ryan. Thanks love for your you time guys. today. Thanks for... Uh, Uh, for visiting with us. And if you live close by, uh, if you're in Slidell or on the North Shore, uh, come visit Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, You can get driving directions. Download our app. Best way to do it, go to your app store, type in Journey Fellowship Church uh, and download the Journey app. Uh, Driving directions, service times, find a small group, get connected, plan a visit, or go straight to our website, jf.org Church. You can go visit Journey online at jf.church. Also, if you're living too far away to drive, join us on the online campus. We have a free full online campus ministry uh, that's staffed with an online campus pastor, a media director, and a host of people. And one of those guys is Ryan. (laughs) Ryan runs the online sound uh, every Sunday. So join us either in person or online, or catch us on the journey out, watch some of the past messages. So this is Doug McAllister uh, on behalf of Journey saying, hope you have a great day from stories I didn't tell last Sunday.